Last time we talked about using the Christmas story as a way to enhance imagination. Children have great imaginations. Their imaginations aid them in social-emotional development, cognitive development, physical development, and more. Sometimes that imaginary place seems silly, like it really doesn't have meaning, and other times see them act out what it is that they're learning. Today we're going to add to the story that we started in episode 105. So this is part two, and we're going to add to the story the practical ways that you can build language into the games, the where and the how you do it, to help them with building their own social language, building their receptive language, and their expressive language. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned, because In this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee, along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. I hope you have had a very wonderful holiday season. This episode is right between Christmas and New Year's. So some of you are probably still in the big midst of going from family to family and celebrating I hope that you continue to have a lovely time, and don't forget to give yourself a rest, give yourself a break, give yourself some breathing room. It is absolutely normal that we feel um, extended, and when we feel extended, we can be pretty sure that our kids do too, so take good care of yourselves. It's important. And if any of you are still needing that Christmas present that you haven't yet bought for somebody, consider the language of play. Maybe they would like to have some coaching. Maybe they would like to have some other resources that we have here. There are new and cool things coming up, so stay tuned and keep listening to the podcast. And in the meantime, you can email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we can talk about your needs at this stage of your child-rearing days. Or maybe it's your adult children's stage of child-rearing days. All right, let's get right into today's episode. Let's imagine. 
Now, last time we talked about the steps from imagination to making the role play happen with our kids' bodies. And we are now going to jump in to step four and five and embellish those steps. So first we talked about saying the words, let's imagine, because those words are powerful in getting our kids into the right state. They actually get us into the right state too, because we remember what our focal point is. Then we decided on locations, we decided on characters, and step four was we're going to move through the story, and five, allowing our kids to do it the way they want to. Let's open up how that looks. So for step four, when we're going to move through the story, we're going to move with our kids through the story, but we are actually leading them, especially if you're going to use a complex story, such as the Christmas story. Eventually, this will work if you have a complex family situation that you need to talk about. Maybe there is somebody dying or some a divorce happening somewhere or or somebody's going on a long trip or whatever it is that's going on. Having skills in this area help you to explain to somebody that is young and or has a language delay in a way that you can connect with the way their brain is going to understand. Now, the research shows that movement enhances memory. So whenever you go through these kind of steps, you are working with the way the brain was made to work. So we are enhancing understanding and we are enhancing memory. So to do that, let's start with the scenario we had in the last episode. And if you didn't listen to number 105, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one so that you get a foundation of what it is that I'm building on today in episode 106. We left off in scene one, and that is where Mary and Joseph are going from Nazareth to Bethlehem. You have your characters established. You have your locations established. So now we're going to add the language in. And remember, we've got language that we can talk about in various ways. So we have social language, we have comprehension or receptive language. We also have what our children say, that would be expressive language. All of these different ways to look at language, and there are others, but those three ways is what we're going to really look at today. In scene one, we don't have many conversations not as much as, say, scene two. So we are going to have to create the scenario that can help our children relate to the situation that's going on. For example, we know that it was several days' journey, so there probably was conversation between Mary and Joseph about being hungry, tired, cold. If you are working on receptive language, that would be comprehension for your child to connect their language to their experience, maybe you are going to role play one of the characters and you are going to exaggerate and embellish, oh, I'm so hungry, as you hold your belly. And you say, can we stop and eat? And then you wait for your child to agree or disagree. And then you stay in the situation, much like improv along the way. In fact, I shouldn't say much like improv. It is improv along the way. 
Whatever it is your child says, that is what you're going to be reacting to. You know that the overarching thread is that you are simply getting from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And that might look like from one side of your living room to the other side of the living room. We know that we need some kind of dolly or stuffed animal in the belly of whichever character is playing Mary. And we know we want Joseph walking beside, which might be another child, it might be you, and it might be a doll. We also know we need a donkey. And that character has a pretty fun part. That's what my kids always wanted to be, and there were arguments about who gets to be the donkey. So we would role-play this over and over, just taking turns, who gets to be the donkey. Now, if that's the case, we have a total of four characters. Some might be played by stuffed animals. What do they say to each other? As we build language, the social language, the comprehension, the expression. We want to give language that is likely to happen in that scenario. When children are young, you are simply going to do the parts. Or maybe I should say when their language development is young. You do the parts. You don't necessarily narrate. Let's say you're playing the role of the donkey. That means that donkeys talk. And maybe you'll say something like, I think Bethlehem is this way. Maybe you'll say, it's time to stop for water. I'm thirsty. You sure are getting heavy up there, Mary. Whatever it is that your character is going to say that matches the scenario. Now, if your child says something back, then you have something to work with. And of course, you're going to go the route that your child says. So if your child says, no, go faster, then you interact on the topic of going faster. Maybe you're going to say, oh, this old donkey can't go that fast. Or maybe you're going to go faster and run all over the house with your child on your back. I don't know. But you interact on the topic that your child is talking about. And of course, you're going to be taken away from the main story. You will reread the story at other times or redo the acting at other times. Eventually, that complex story gets the pieces all put together. Now, let's say that you have a child that's a little bit older. And let's say you have a whole bunch of kids or people that are going to play along. This is very fun if you have a full family gathering because you can do this with grandmas and grandpas too. The important part is that you have one narrator. And then the narrator tells the people what they're going to say. For example, the narrator says, The angels were in awe. And then the narrator has to stop and wait for the children to do awe or whoever is role-playing. Maybe at this point, grandpa does awe and the children learn what the word awe means. Your vocabulary will be built in. And if you have little shepherds and they don't know what awe means, then you're going to stop narrating for a moment, fall to your knees or, or do something that shows wonder and awe. And then you jump back into your role of narrator and you say again, and the shepherds were in awe. And then the children have to show awe when you say awe. You end up talking about the shepherds being afraid, and the angels said, do not be afraid. 
So then whoever is being the angel, the narrator will say, look right at the angel and say, say, do not be afraid. And then the person playing angel looks at the shepherd and says, do not be afraid. You can easily see how this can become a very long process. So I encourage you to take one small segment, one small scene of the story, and embellish it however the children go about embellishing it. If they're able to follow repeating instructions, jump into the role of narrator and tell them who says what and help them move their body through it. But of course, along the way, you need to expect that it's going to be silly because when they don't understand or when they do, silly happens. When you get good at this kind of skill, you can take any book that your child isn't quite understanding and you can have them work their way through it with their body, play the parts of the people or the characters in the book. It helps them to remember the book and it helps them to understand more deeply so that they're capable of applying the concepts that you want them to apply. Today we talked through how you might want to do that using the Christmas story because as I record this, it's Christmas week. In summary, if your children's language development is young, you'll be leading the conversation like priming the pump for them to talk. They will follow your example, and the amount of language that they give back to you will be what they're capable of. As your children get older, or maybe the older child in the family, has a more complex role, which puts you in a role to be narrator, where you get to tell them what to say. They're not to memorize long sentences during this kind of time. That would be a different task. But at this time, you break it up what they're supposed to say so that they can repeat it. Maybe that means three words at a time. That is okay, too. Because remember, the goal of this is to have fun and connection, and that's how you're building their language skills, and they don't even know that they're working on it. When you're being narrator, you're going to highlight the character's thoughts and feelings all the way through the experience. If the versions of the story that you have don't give you words that they say for a particular part, make it up. Make up something that is pertinent to the situation. And if your child replies with something that is not pertinent, that's okay. You have some information about what it is that they know, don't know, or they feel silly. The language skills that you're working on in this would be receptive and expressive language vocabulary, social language, tone and body language, and of course, imaging or imagination. So these kind of activities are power-packed with skills practice. And of course, as a reminder, when you use movement, it enhances the memory and the understanding, which translates to being a better listener as well. I hope you do an activity like this, and I hope you write me and tell me how it goes, whether you use the Christmas story or something else. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? 
I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.